That's right, you're always going to see red when you're tuned in and you're listening to Range Anxiety. At uh, 20-something minutes, it's supposed to be 30 of everything automotive and everything that's cool in the scene that's happening right now in Australia, overseas and around the world. And uh, thank you very much for that good old bunch of Kiwis brew split ends with IC Red. You know, a lot of people thought they were Aussies, but no, they just weren't that cool. Speaking of cool, something really, really good today. Uh, Hi, babe. Isn't with us. He's away working night shift at the moment, so we might sneak him in for the Sunday Epicast. Um, and we might not. He's pretty useless these days. Babe. But, however, let's get back to the important business of... Uh, Cowboy Canal Farming, which is today's Epicast, and I see red was a good intro because there's plenty of people seeing red at the moment. You know, I've, 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 I've had to immerse myself in some new car forums to find out some things about some new models, and frankly, I'm absolutely fucking horrified and disgusted with the way that people have become. They're just actually useless today. Now, let's Let's get into context here for one moment. Back when I was a boy, which is, you know, back when there were still horses around on the streets and there were shillings that you got in your change, almost, um, you were lucky if your new car had a warranty. I mean, they all had warranties, but, you know, in the 70s and 80s, uh, all new cars broke constantly because they were made of shit. They were shit designs, and don't let the old rose-coloured glasses of hindsight fool you to think that old cars were good, strong, powerful, safe, uh, and um, lasted at all, because they were mainly a junk. Cars have got a lot better, you know, over the last 20 years in particular. Until then, absolute shit. Now, what did we get? as a new car warranty back in the day. Now, I can't really remember because I didn't buy too many new cars or, in fact, none at all in the 70s. In fact, the first new car I bought was in about uh, 2001. It was a VX Holden Commodore, and I never even bothered taking it back for warranty, but I reckon it had about ooh, 12 to 18 months on it or something back then, which was considered fine as an industry warranty. You know, it was a Holden with an LS in it and a manual six-speed. And, you know, it was a fairly reliable thing, I suppose. But I got straight into it and, and you know, pulled shit out of it, tuned it up, did things and whatever. And I didn't really give two shits about the warranty, you know, because if anything broke, it was a Holden and you just fixed it. And it was the same for a lot of other people, even before then, back in the day with, you know, your dirty old Tiranas and HXs and before that HGs, HKs. I don't even know what the, if there was a warranty. What was it, like three months or something that covered pretty much basically nothing? Otherwise, you know, Holden would have been broke a lot earlier than they were because they would have been, like, you know, funding engines and transmissions and Aussie four-speeds and, and, and Ford probably worse, no better. Yeah, you know, it... it Warranty wasn't such a big thing, but today, in this current era, because we've turned into such a bunch of sycophantic flogs as, as a race of people, as a as a, a race, a, a species, 
that we just like expect everything to last forever. We want to pay nothing for it. And everyone's judged on their warranty. Stop it. That's a shit way of living and it's not much fun. Let me explain. Now, I obviously have owned many new cars since that VX and some of them good, some of them bad, some of them I didn't even bother taking back for warranty problems. Like I had a, a PX1 Ranger and, you know, I modified it straight away, tuned the ECU and put exhaust on it and intercooler from Process West in all of those things. And it had a, a terrible traction control stability ABS-y type uh, fault. And I'll just keep resetting it when it went wrong, which was about once every month. So, you know, that was uh, an endemic system fault in the car. And, you know, the person that bought it off me was a mate. It was actually Phelps from PPRE. And I told him it's got this problem, but, you know, he's ham-fisted enough. He introduced a few more of his own problems into it. And I don't know if he ever got any of that fixed under warranty, but I, I kind of accepted that cars, you know, particularly one built in Thailand, it was it was going to be a bit shit. It was going to have some problems, but as long as it didn't leave you stranded, I mean, that that's when you sort of got your warranty clobber on and, and went for it. You know, other than that, it was all okay, and you kind of fucked around with it and fixed it yourself. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be in a position where, you know, I could do some stuff myself, but I was surrounded by a lot of good mechanics and stuff and so when things went wrong we just kind of fixed them but mainly what went wrong is is the shit that we touched <laughs> you know that's just the way it works welcome to the world um which brings me to my point you know having owned uh, a couple of teslas now people are saying uh, what sort of warranty problems did you get what sort of warranty do they have now i think i think when i bought the 2019 um, Tesla Model 3 SR Plus brand new. I think it came with three years, you know, warranty on the car. And, yeah, that was cool. Nothing pretty much went wrong with it. I think that lead acid, the 12 volt, the stupid normal car battery failed in it pretty much straight away. And that, that doesn't stop them from starting. It just comes up on the dash that functions will be reduced and the aircon will stop working and shit like that. Take it for service. You know, so I drove the thing. Rather than buy my own battery, I thought, like, screw this. I paid a lot of money for this car. 74000 back then, right? So consider yourselves lucky now, kids. Um, you know, I just went and uh, down there and they, like, changed it for me on the spot. So I said, I'm not, you know, it's a long drive from where I am. And I said, uh, down at Tonsley, I said, I'm not catching one of your stupid Uber vouchers. Just bloody well fix it. And they did. And that was it. And that was the only problem I had with that <coughs> Telstra. And then this one, uh, the Model 3 Performance, I bought that second hand, but it was only like oh, six or seven months old and someone was getting out of it because COVID had just hit. And we all knew that was, you know, that wasn't going to destroy cars. We were all going to still drive cars. So he got out of that. And the warranty problems I've had with this, what are they? It's been back, I think, once for new upper control arms because they had a squeaking problem because the rubbers pulled up over the top of the ball joints which are an external manufacturer let grit in or whatever and they started air and i covered this in another epicast and tesla were really good about it they said mate wait around we'll get it done in a couple of hours so i just sat down at, at tonsley and, and pulled my laptop out did some emails and and talked some shit and posted some rubbish on facebook and came up with some new um uh, range anxiety ideas talking about and this is for you paul house on stellantis and uh 
Yeah, they had it fixed. And the best thing is, when you got your Tesla in for service, you can actually see on your phone app what they're doing. And it says in service, and it shows you when they're test driving it, and, you know, it shows you when they're charging it. So it's like, hey, you're doing some warranty. Plug that bitch in and charge it for free for me. And that is not a sexist thing. I just call the car bitch. I call many guys bitches too. So don't come down on me, woke brigade. So, you know, I'm... I'm not scared of or worried about new cars, electric cars, any cars, you know, they are what they are, and particularly the internal combustion ones, the new ones, are supremely complex. Things, they're going to have uh, their fair share of warranty. So it was, without any further ado, I've been scoping out uh, the BYD at 03, which is just being delivered in Australia right now. So I thought the best way of scoping out some, I mean, I know the tech specs of the car, I haven't driven one, I'll put that into perspective for you, but the best way of finding out some things about the car was to join some of the Facebook BYD Atto pages. Now, I'm already a member of quite a few Tesla Australia and Tesla Worldwide pages, just because I like to be kept up to date with tips and tricks. If there's someone that knows more than me, they'll post it there and, you know, I have learned some things off there, you know, I'm not going to put all of these pages down but you know you get your people that go you know my tesla fucking sucks i've got a nail in the tire you know i've never had another car with a nail in the tire my tesla fucking sucks i was driving down the freeway and this truck uh, kicked up a big stone and, and cracked my windscreen i've never had a car with a cracked windscreen it's like like stop like my brother in melbourne um who listens to this epicast he, on, under my advice, bought an SR, and now he's got an MYP coming. Lucky boy. Black on black. That won't last too long over there. All those rims will be curbed in seconds. Because he's got a mate, KD, that drives it. that just cannot drive. However, he joined some of those pages to learn some things about the car. And he's, he's as much less tolerance than I do. He was out in about three weeks. People complaining about flat tyres and complaining about having to wait a few days to get your car serviced and or in for service for something to be fixed and just complaining about general shit. These pe- people, I've said before and I'll say it again, COVID is sentimental and I, and I really feel for the guys that work at Tesla, the Rangers and the people in service, and I know some of them in South Australia at least, listen to this epicast. I really feel for them. So they've got to put up with some total fuckwits that, you know, it's the first new car they've bought and they expect because, you know, Elon's undone his zipper around the time that it was being designed that it should never have a problem. It should never get a flat tyre. Like, what the? Like, seriously? Are you people for real? What crack are you smoking? So it was with all of that in mind that... I joined some BYD Atto pages in Australia. Now, this is nothing against the admins because I checked them out too and they're probably, you know, a lot of them are, are not really knowing a lot about cars and that's okay. You don't have to be a bloody car expert, you know. You can just be normal. But my goodness gracious me, nothing has prepared me for what I've seen amongst the BYD community in Australia. Some of it, BYD and their choice of distributor and the way they've gone about doing business, they've brought upon themselves. It's, it's, it's been a bit average. 
but mm, goodness gracious me, the amount of, of clueless flogs mixed with oyster farming canal cowboys that come in there just to cause shit versus by ju you know, just general people that have no idea about cars complaining about the most inane things. It, it's just, it's frightening. It frightens me. And it frightens me what is going to happen for society. Like, just grow some minerals or get some brains and get on with it. So here's, here's kind of, I've done like a 12-hour crash course in this. But here's kind of where it started. There's a company called EV Direct that seem to be doing the right thing. And they are sort of, they're trying to emulate the Tesla model of, you know, where you're not dealing with the dealer, but they kind of are and kind of aren't. And you go to EV Direct and you order the car and everything else. Now, EV Direct, do not get your solicitors involved because I haven't done enough research. Here is what I could see. Apparently, once you ordered one of these things back in February or January or whenever, you know, December or whenever it was, your price is liable to change while you've got an order in at a fixed price. It's not fixed, right? And, you know, Hyundai and Kia do exactly the same thing and just jam you with an extra five grand here or there. And, you know, fair enough. They've got to keep their operating margins or there won't be any more new bloody cars. So there was first that. And we're talking about the Addo 3 here. And I think they've got like a, a piss weak battery version, like 50 um, kilowatt hours that, you know, is 44 plus, And then there's the long range 60 version that is... 49 plus it all looks pretty good you know it's not let me put this into perspective for a minute though it's not a cool car like a tesla it doesn't fart it doesn't go fast it doesn't have you know a, a ceo running the company that like makes jokes about 69ers the whole time you know it's just a chinese car so i suppose it opens it up to more criticism because there's no kind of there's no kind of charisma to owning it well, there is with the tesla because the guy that runs it is batshit crazy, and we wouldn't have Elona any other way. So they're complaining about the price. And then some shit came up in the last week or two, just as deliveries are imminent, going on about warranty. They've screwed us with warranty. So I thought I'd go and have a look at this. So it was supposed to be like, you know, seven years and unlimited or 200,000, whatever. It was supposed to be one of those stupid warranties that everyone tries to get out of. The likes of which the Koreans brought to Australia, I believe, and Hyundai started all that stupid warranty shit. And then Mitsubishi have gone one step further with the 10 years, uh, which, you know, I'm figuring they, they're banking on not being around then, so it really doesn't matter. <clears throat> but, you know, I had this killer warranty. And they've, they've while people have got orders in, uh, they've reset the warranty conditions a little so let's have a look at it i think you've got the main fear with an electric car is the battery the battery uh, the battery so the pack the traction battery they call it the thing that you know is the heart and soul of the ev as eight years or one hundred and sixty thousand on it i think that's pretty bloody good since most booger eaters will tell you that an ev battery doesn't last any more than about you know three years before it goes in a landfill and poisons complete communities so the traction battery warranty is pretty good. The 12 volt warranty is shit. Apparently it's about one year. But you know what? 12 volts, they don't make, the BYD don't make the 12 volt battery. They're made by outsourcers and 12 volt lead acid batteries. Thankfully, Tesla don't do them pretty much anymore. They're all lithium ion 
12 volters, which should last 20 years. Um, you know, they only last about two or three years now, so you only get a year warranty on it. So if it is faulty from the outset, it'll be replaced. They don't last three to five to seven years like any other 12 volt and any other car does, so don't panic. And then there's the general drive line in terms of power unit, um, suspension. Actually, I didn't see power unit, so I'll take that back. Uh, ball joints, uh, suspension components like shock absorbers. Shock absorbers have a different warranty to oh, springs or ball joints or something, but it's around three years, three or four years, and apparently there's only like a year on the screen. And they kind of know that most Australians that buy these cheap-ass entry-level EVs are going to leave the things flat out in the sun, and it is going to damage screens and stuff just like it damages uh, dashes, uh, LCD-based dashboards in most any other car. So, you know, the main thing, the thing that's going to allegedly cost you one bisquillion dollars, it's got eight years on it. Give a shit. It's, it's better. It's as good as Tesla warranty, and some of the other stuff is better. Would it stop me buying a, a BYD Addo? No. The fact that it's shit slow, and may indeed. So, so I got on one of these forums. Said, "What are you complaining about?" It wasn't a forum. It was a, sorry, it's a Facebook page. And in some guy that had just freshly shucked a nose booger out, and he was about to jam it down. Said, uh, "BYD, cancel your warranty if uh, the weather goes over forty C." And I said, oh, that's us. I was playing dumb. I said, oh, that's interesting. How does that work? Well, the batteries don't work over 40C. So I thought I'd give him a bit of tech. And I said, you know, they're um, cooled via coolant. And uh, the coolant is cooled via refrigerant. So it can be 70C outside. And uh, the battery coolant, the battery temperature can be controlled, I would believe, at 40C. Because it has an air conditioning system doing it as well. And his response to me was, don't get sarcastic with me mate. And I said, look, I work around, I was being quite polite by my standards. Those that know me would know that this is polite, Martin, not normal, Martin. I said, look, I work around this stuff for a living almost. And I would just be interested to get, to know where you get your information from. Can you show me where BYD will cancel your warranty if the car experiences over 40C, which is going to be about 20 or 30, you know, 20 days a year in Australia in some places, 50 days in others and five in others. And he goes, if you know so much of work in the industry, find it yourself. And then he turned off replies. So this is typical of the booger farmery that has even in, infiltrated this tiny new group of, of enthusiasts slash owners. And they're, they're in there screaming for help. So they don't even know how to change a tyre. And you get this stupidity in there about 40C. So I said, I said to the guy, I said, stop making stuff up. You're an idiot, you sound like an idiot, and you're talking shit. What do you drive? And he just turned off replies and, and ignored me from there on in. But this is the level of stupidity that I've seen in BYD groups. I don't know who's sponsoring it or who's funding it. I mean, I understand the, the older people like me and the people that wanted a warranty forever and stuff. Your warranty's not bad. But then we had, uh, they hooked up with a national dealer network, a big company, a great company, a company that's done a lot of good stuff with cars, AP Eagers, to distribute and deliver the things because it all got too much, obviously, I think, I don't know, for EV Direct, and they've wanted a slice of the pie, so now there's servicing costs involved, and I don't blame them, they're not going to deliver a car for nothing, and so now there's servicing on these Addos that 
kind of matches the servicing of an ice car. I think it works out to about 550 bucks a year or 350 bucks or something that's just not, you know, just not in the EV scheme of things to service these things because people have got to be paid down the line. Like I've always said, cars need very little servicing these days. In the era of high quality components and um, good quality oils, and everything else, unless it's Stellantis, and even Stellantis, cars, they don't need servicing as often as sometimes the franchisee, the F word. It either stands for fuck or franchisee. And it's never good unless it's the action uh, rather than the criticism. So, you know, these guys have got to be paid too. So, you know, in Adelaide, you can get it, you can pick up your BYD from. Uh, one of the nicest dealerships, you know, in a beautiful, expensive suburb of Adelaide, close to the city, and you can pay these servicing costs. Or you get your Telstra kicked off a bloody flatbed in front of you before the Adelaide airport thing's open, and you don't have any servicing costs. They just recommend you get tyre rotations and wiper blades and a cabin filter every couple of years, and you can do it yourself if you want. They don't even give a shit if they do it. So there's no standing maintenance schedule. So what's happened, in a nutshell, is in the rush to get EVs here and the rush to try and take some of the Tesla market share, they've actually introduced some of the things into the EV experience that we don't actually need. And that is the constant requirement for a rolling maintenance program where you're just paying and paying and paying. The cars don't need their battery coolants a long life. Tesla, in fact, I don't even know when they tell you to get your battery coolant changed, and it's an off-the-shelf high-end coolant, you know, which I'm sure the BYD has as well. Why do you need to change it all the time? Why do you need to change your brake fluid all the time? Why do you, you know, why do you need all of these things? It just doesn't make any bloody sense to me. So I suppose the concerned people on the BYD forums, uh, sorry, Facebook pages, have got a point. But, you know, what we need is to be able to discuss these things without shitheads that eat their own snot getting involved in it. Because they're not good for anything. They're not even good for themselves. So it, it's an interesting time we live in right now. And I think BYD would have been better to adopt the model here themselves. Just like Tesla has, rather than get involved in all of this shit fuckery that is dealing through third parties where everyone needs to make an earn. Or maybe the cars just aren't that good and they need constant servicing because they're Chinese. That doesn't sit well with me. I believe that their quality will be pretty darn good. And as a starter pack, that will be a good thing. So there you go. You have it here from me, Martin Donham. There's my thoughts on the whole BYD thing. So thank you for tuning into Range Anxiety. And next time we'll have Bob back.